Welcome to Free Will, Science, and Religion. I'm Mitch J, and I'm with Chandler Clubs and George Ortega. Today we're going to talk about morality and free will. All right, guys, I think, like, first let's define what we mean by morality, because I think it's a word that has different meanings to different people. It sure does, um, because depending on what your standard of morality is, Morality has a different meaning, as does the words moral or immoral. So should we go through some of the common things people mean by morality? Uh, well, okay, okay, we can start somewhere. Why not? Let's, yeah. Let's start there. Yeah. Um, like, for example, some people who are religious, they go by divine command theory. That something's moral if God commands it. Um, you know, no matter what it is, because God said it, that's the right thing. But then other people want to go by, you know, they have some philosophical system um, for what's moral or immoral based on pleasure and pain or, you know, some other principle like virtue ethics, like that honesty is the best policy and it's good to be honest. And so it's an absolute thing that's good to be kind, good to be honest, you know, th that kind of stuff. So I think everyone falls generally under these ideas and and of course the most popular the is basically you know consequentialism like that the consequences of an action tends to determine how we see it as moral or immoral agreed so uh, nietzsche or as people like to say in uh the west nietzsche i don't know but anyway well, you know, just want to be have a respectful uh, pronunciation. The great, you know, German philosopher. So he he understood that free will was bogus, and he talked a lot about this. So he saw uh, morality as a dogma, just like religion, for the points um, uh, for some of the points that you just mentioned. So you're right, because you know, it's really when you acknowledge the reality of determinism and you don't misconstrue cause and effect then you have to come to that logical conclusion, whether you like it or not, that morality isn't what we pretend it is. However, the argument that I would make, and I assume you guys are going to make in a, in a few moments as well or throughout the podcast, is that morality is a good thing. And it's not a false thing. It's not something that we have created um, in order to control people, or for wishful thinking. A lot of people have argued for the practical, for practical reasons why we should be moral. So this idea of um, trying to improve human well-being or lessen pain and suffering, things like that, you can make this argument that it allows the species to propagate. And we also have this understanding of pain. And pain is really, really, really hard to explain. But we all know pain is bad. Pain <laughs> is the worst thing there is. Yeah, I don't think anyone will disagree with that, Mitch. Right. So we need a moral system if we... Well, some people would disagree. But <laughs> there's, a, you know, people are, there's some characters out there. Right. Um, and... Uh, so morality comes from empathy. That's where it comes from. So you reject solipsism, reject this idea that you are the only person. You, you verify your own existence. Therefore, I, we can only assume only we exist. So you reject that idea axiomatically. Say, okay, 
I exist, other people exist. We can also verify that pain and suffering are just horrible. It's the worst thing that any living thing with a nervous system can experience. So we don't want it, and we don't want others to have it either. Right. I mean, I feel like that's a pretty accurate explanation for how I would describe it, that it comes from empathy. And in a certain sense, it's an application of the golden rule, that you don't, you don't want to inflict suffering on others just as you would not inflict, inflict it on yourself or want others to do it to you. So what I like is that we can, we can take that concept of empathy and viewing others as equal with the general principle that pain is bad. And I feel like that gives us a consistent system that is not subject to, it's not an opinion. It's not one person's idea. It's just something of a shared experience that we can all relate to. And therefore we can all work under that. All right, so like one, one other kind of definition that relates to the consequentialist um, position is, you know, it's, it's also very related to what, Mitch, you were talking about, about like, you know, we all agreeing that pain is bad. So like we're hardwired as human beings. This isn't philosophical. This is like biological to seek pleasure and avoid pain. So, so John Locke, a British philosopher, he defined goodness as that which creates happiness. So obviously like evil or badness, which would create unhappiness. And I would, I would, you know, I would say goodness creates pleasure and happiness and, and evil, you know, displeasure and unhappiness. So, so here's the thing. So like, you know, all right, we have, and there's, there's a somewhat of a con uh, complication in terms of intent. Like for example, like the consequence um, definition isn't complete for, let's say a person has two buttons and one button can make the um, the world um, a bliss. The other button destroys it and makes or just makes a lot of havoc. So he presses the the havoc button, thinking he's doing a bad thing, but actually the the buttons are reversed and he, he ends up making it. Uh, so in other words, do we do we define his act as a good act because it it, it it resulted in a blissful world, or do we define it as an evil act because he intended to like? To wreak havoc on the yeah, world. Yeah, so I, I am not a consequentialist at all. I am a staunch uh, deontologist, I guess is the right word. I, in other oh, words, that's a, that's a new word. I don't know I, that I, word. I don't want to get too academic. The point, the, the point I'm trying to make is that I, for me, morality is about the actions themselves, as opposed to the consequences. So you know, the intent. Uh, yeah, so the, so the action you're doing itself, we can judge whether or not that action is a moral or immoral action as opposed to... So some people say, okay, if you kill a bunch of people, but it leads to some really, 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 really good thing, that was moral. That's okay. No, it's not. Life isn't... <laughs> so life isn't that simple. You know, I'm, I'm a big advocate for this idea of moral dilemmas. Some people think of morality as, uh, as a... Hello? Hey, hey, it looks like Will just joined us in the middle of a podcast. Oh. How you doing, Will? Hello? Oh, I'm doing fine. Sorry, I was trying to be quiet, but my cousin actually said something. That's why um, I quickly put the thing on mute. I said, oh, yeah. I, I didn't realize the thing wasn't muted. Right. Well, right. We're glad to have you, Will. Yeah. yeah we're basically Welcome. exploring We're exploring morality relative to, to free will. And so, like, Mitch was, you know, we're basically – 
exploring whether it's the action that we deem right or wrong, or it's the intent, or it's the consequence. So, Mitch, continue with, with what yeah, you were saying. So, so I was saying, deontology is what opposes uh, consequentialism, okay? We, we don't need to get all academic. The point is, consequentialism is what you're doing is good. You can do something that's that some might say is bad as long as it leads to a really good outcome. So if you kill a whole bunch of people, but that leads to some amazing thing, like you can establish a utopian society for 500 years at the sake of doing some horrible thing in the short term, then that was actually a moral act. But I think most people, the majority of people would say that's bogus. What we really want to evaluate is maybe actions one, themselves. Maybe one person, like if it was like Adolf Hitler or um or um, you know. Well, even if we even if we uh killed a really, really bad person, I don't think anyone would say that it was good. In other words, uh I, so I was talking before you came in, uh I I was approaching this idea of moral dilemmas. So we've all uh, heard about these um these really famous uh scenarios such as okay there's a a train that's going to kill a bunch of people it's heading in one direction if you pull a lever instead of killing 10 people you kill two people and as human beings we don't want to be guilty we want to live guilt free we don't want to feel guilty exactly so we, so we like to say things like well if we take a particular option we have done the correct thing we have done the moral thing i would argue that sometimes there is no right answer Sometimes either route is immoral. There's no way to escape the fact that we're doing something wrong. The lesser of two evils. Yes, but, yes. Evil, but evil nonetheless. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah, well, you know, I agree, yeah, I agree with that, guys, because basically you talked about the lesser of two evils. Admitting that something is still not the right thing, it's still not a good thing, we just do it because we it seems preferable to be less painful, less bad than the alternatives that we have access to. Indeed. All right. So, so, here's a, so let me propose something. So like we may have different kinds of like definitions of morality, but I think we can like agree that even though as human beings, we can't absolutely with certainly know that a lot of our actions are good or bad, whatever, that there is an objective morality that even though, again, it's not, it's like there are objective facts of the universe, even though we human beings can't know them all. So then the question becomes like, so we do an act and we kind of like define it as either moral or immoral, but then we have to acknowledge we don't have a free will. In other words, this, we are compelled, you know, completely without any, you know, choice in the, in the matter to do either good or evil. So if it's not our good and evil, what, how do we describe, you know, to whom do we attribute it or to what? Well, that's that once again, we stuck with that problem of the infinite regress, because if you try to attribute it to some something or somebody, then it's, well, what compelled them to start this, you know? <laughs> You know. yeah, morality is a difficult problem, and no one has the answer. So religious people who make that argument from authority, what's right is right because God says it's right. Obviously, that does not really encapture what we mean when we talk about moral actions. If morality is just 
following laws from a higher authority, that's wrong. That's not what we mean by morality. We're talking about some sort of idealistic um, attempt to differentiate between actions and wrong actions. So a religious person doesn't have the answer. A secular person doesn't have the answer. A free will believer doesn't have the answer. A hard determinist uh, doesn't have the answer. Again, you can make an argument for a utilitarian argument um, for morality. You can make all kinds of arguments, but the truth is there might not be an answer to this one. Right. Okay. But here's the, so let's let's for the sake of the discussion assume that that there is or propose that there is, regardless of whether we can get it right or understand it as human beings. Okay, but like again, what Chandler, what you said is very, um, you know, it, it's it's very on target. In other words, like a lot of people need to believe in free will because if they consider that we humans don't have a free will, they're left. Remember, 80, 90 percent of people here in the United States either believe in God or a higher power. You know, if we have a free will and we, uh, if we don't have a free will then they have to attribute the evil that we human beings do or that we think we do to God. That's, and so Chandler, what, what you're saying, in other words, like with the infinite regress, if, exactly. we, yeah, yeah. if, if, if we make a decision that's evil and there's an infinite regress, we can't even attribute that immorality to God because we never reach a point in time in the, in the far back, far back time where the decision was made, where the causal chain begins. Yeah, and you know, that's what's interesting is because there's going to be a lot of people that's going to be a relief to them because they don't want to have to blame God as being the fundamental cause of all the evil. So the fact that even though I don't believe in God, the very fact that we can't blame God either um, because the infinite regress that would, would have been prior cause to lead God to do something, I think that's a good way of explaining it to some of these people. Okay. Um, w, um, WSD time. So what do you think we can, like, tell free will believers to help them kind of, like, feel more comfortable with this idea that we don't have a free will? You know, like, that, that, like you know, so they don't have to blame God, that, like, what do you think would resonate well with them? Well, well, then again, like I said, if it was a God, I, yeah, he would be completely at fault. I am not in disagreement that well at all. And secondly, it just, um, I like I said, man, the reason why I say with the free will is because you um talk to me about it. I um I ain't know anything about that. Just. Went along with life and just figured, you know. Well, yeah, WSD time. You're, I'm basically most people in the world, you know, when 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 we ask them, like, do they have a free will or not? A lot of people confuse it. A lot of people think, well, we're talking about political freedom, freedom of speech, religious freedom, and all. So basically, yeah, you know, what what this is about is like whether what we do, what anything of what we do, is up to us. So that's the thing. So, like, if nothing is up to us, if we don't have a free will, then all of a sudden we're left with the question, well, who do we attribute the good, the good that we do to? What do we attribute it to? It's a, it's a dilemma. Yeah. Yeah. Well, why, why is that a dilemma? See, that's what, makes it, it kind of, that's what makes it a hard question to answer. But why is it a dilemma? Why do we have to attribute it 
Teddy White. Like, so, I mean, we've, we've said in the past, for example, in a, on a previous uh, podcast and in, you know, in our uh, conversations. Uh, Want some? Outside of this format. That um, even when we recognize the reality of determinism and we reject the notion of free will, we still have ample reasons for why we need to solve problems. So if there is a murderer on the street, whether or not free will exists, we have to do something about it. So perhaps we can view morality in that same way. Morality is a problem. We have problems. Immoral behavior, I should say, more correctly. Immoral behavior is a problem. Yeah. So I don't think we're really in a in a dilemma. I don't think we have to... I'm not going to say it's a waste of tra- time trying to think about morality. I'm just saying morality is an important issue. But ascribing responsibility or the source of morality, trying to figure that out, uh, is perhaps not as important. Mitch, I, I agree with you completely. In other words, like the pragmatic need yes. to identify us or other people who do certain acts that may need to be remedied or corrected or changed and all, absolutely. And that can be done, like, for example, within, within the mental health system, psychiatry and all, they don't identify as right and wrong. You know, like people have certain kinds of like symptoms, illnesses. The, the, the medical establishment doesn't ascribe evil or goodness to them. They're, they're just basically like we're biological beings. But the, 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 the dilemma that I'm referring to is, is not a dilemma in objective truth. It's a dilemma in like, for example, like relative to the 80, 90 percent of people that um, that believe in God. In other words, like a, a, a certain kind of logic would say, well, if we're not, you know, if we don't have a free will and we're not in control of what we do, then God, who supposedly made us and all who basically or the laws of nature, whatever, if you want to like be naturalistic, then like nature or God is being moral and immoral. But then Chandler, you know, you know introduced an even uh, uh, a more complicated component that you can't even like ascribe morality to, to God or nature because of this infinite regress. So that that's the dilemma that I'm that I'm referring to. That like you know we want to kind of like you know have this this construct of morality, and certainly we don't need it, Mitch, as you were saying before, and like to be able to like to to kind of like mold ourselves or, or, you know, to, to react to what we do. But in terms of like, you know, a fundamental responsibility, maybe it's a blessing. Maybe the world would be much better off without this concept of morality. Yeah, maybe so. Um, and I think what George was getting at is that, you know, this is a, this is a dilemma for the people who are looking for some or some person to attribute the evil or the good in the world to. And I agree with Mitch that we don't necessarily need to find some ultimate source to attribute um, things to. And I don't think it works because of the infinite regress. But I think um, Mitch's point was valid that we can be practical about solving problems in the here and now regardless of whether we have the knowledge of how those problems began. Yeah, I, I'd like, uh, as we said earlier in the conversation, uh, uh, Nietzsche, he addressed these ideas. He talked about 
morality being a dogma, just like everyone. No, I mean, well, not everyone, but some people may be familiar with um, uh, his criticism of religion. But he criticized, you know, morality just oh, as vociferously. No, I love this. Everything no, okay? Sorry, sorry, Mitchell. Yeah. So you're right. We we call certain things bad mm-hmm. and certain things good, and it doesn't really make any sense for all the reasons that you guys have just elaborated on. Yeah. But despite that, despite that, the truest, the truest part of reality is probably pain and suffering. We know, we can feel, we have evidence to support this notion that pain and suffering are horrible, and we need to reduce pain and suffering because it's the most horrible, inescapable thing there is. Yeah. So that is just a problem in my opinion, that needs to be solved. And anyone who disagrees I agree. is just not a rational, reasonable person. Yeah, um, one question I have, guys, is do you suppose that when we use the words good or bad or moral and, and immoral, do you suppose those words perhaps give the wrong message and that we should abandon those terms, or do you think they're still useful? Well, I, I, Chandler, I think they're useful just as kind of like labels for behaviors that either create pain or, or lead to pleasure. But I think what we have to abandon is this concept of fundamental moral attributability. In other words, like we human beings are not responsible for what we do. We're not credit worthy for the good we do. We're not responsible for the, for the evil we do. But apparently neither is the universe neither is you know god or the universe because of this infinite regress so fine we 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 label acts you know as either good or bad or whatever and then you know regulate ourselves and others accordingly to create maximize pleasure and and minimize pain but without the the attribution attribution of fundamental responsibility either to us or to god or the universe Right. Um, and I, so basically it's recognizing that certain actions are good or bad and they, they cause pleasure or pain, but we're not saying that people are fundamentally responsible for those acts because we know it wasn't really up to them. Exactly. And again, we, can't, we, we, we can absolve God in the universe for the same uh, reason we absolve human beings. This causal regress... Yeah, that regresses back in eternally. It never stops. So, like that, that you know, it transcends logic actually. Because how could something like go back eternally? I mean, I don't know. It's beyond our ability to reason. But that absolves even you know the laws of nature and God. I I, I don't blame anyone for anything, and I certainly don't blame inanimate objects for anything. Yeah, so you know I what, said, Mitch? I, yeah. used to, I used to do that when I was a kid. If I tripped over a chair, I'd throw the chair across the room and play it. <laughs> exactly. Right. Yeah, I've learned not Same to... Same here. Yeah, so so then you see, first I got to where I stopped blaming inanimate objects, and now I don't blame people either. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> and actually, so, you know, in terms of why are we doing these podcasts, these shows, you know, all this, this is, you know... This blame causes so much suffering, you know, so much conflict. It just confuses things. It's 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 irrational and it's unproductive. Yeah. Um, 
Will, I know you joined us kind of in the middle of the podcast, but what do you think of this this talk we're having? Oh yeah, I keep forgetting. I keep forgetting my mic is muted at times, so sometimes <laughs> y'all hear me talk. So, but anyway, I, um, yeah, I agree with everything y'all said. I mean, so especially with the term religion, that it causes more problems than it solves. A lot more problems than it solves. Right, and the reason it causes problems again because, like, they, you know, religion seems to believe firstly that they have the answer. To, to what's right and wrong, that, you know, what basically what a certain book says is right, is right and all. And secondly, the, the, the problem religious cause has to do with, with this topic of free will, with this belief in free will. You know, because religions, prom- religions promote free will more than any other institution in the world. And so they're, they're actually, actually goes against it because, you know, <laughs> yeah. remember that part where it says obey me or go to hell? Absolutely. It's self-contradictory. Yeah. If God is omnipotent, there's absolutely no way we can have a free will. But, but religions, apparently, do they just they don't recognize that. They, they don't accept that contradiction. So, yeah, they're, they're, they're probably responsible for so much conflict and, and animosity and, and, you know, between people that is not just irrational, but it's just so counterproductive to what religion's main, main goals are. And how is it moral to give someone free will, to give someone the possibility of going to hell when you could have just not done that in the first place? Mitch, excellent. We uh-huh. got to spend that. We, we've got about 25 or uh, five more minutes. Yeah, that, that's an excellent question. Yeah, and you know what's interesting, guys? And one of my biggest problems with religion is that it doesn't have a satisfactory system of morality because there's no system it's just whatever the big boss says and so it's it has no relation to whether those acts cause pleasure or pain that's completely irrelevant in divine command theory so right, i want to get yeah, yeah. Mitch, um, uh, Chandler, i want to get back to what, what Mitch said in other words like a lot of people christians jews and all say Free will is such a wonderful gift. It's the greatest gift that God has given human beings, and that's the most absurd the statement. It's the most absurd statement I've ever had because it's the free will belief that justifies God's, you know, condemning, you know, evil people to to eternal suffering. What I mean, it, it's if anything, it's the most un, you know, the, the the most. It's the biggest curse that I can think of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 name the title of Belevenet or or Loving. Yeah, I mean, if you try to think of some, like, why would you, why would you, I mean, even, like, even if you believe in free will, why would you give somebody the choice to do something that is, that you know is bad for them? And even more importantly, if you give them a choice to do whatever and then punish them for exercising their choice, um, then it's like you're a hypocrite. It's like you're just want, you just want them to do something so that you can punish them. It makes no sense. Yeah, I mean, we could just do this all day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. It's, it's going to be a constant loop, basically. Yeah, uh... And so we can apply this, like, we can ask people, well, let's say, like, you as a parent have infinite power over your child, right? Now, would you give your child free will that, like, with this free will, the child can, like, be, do wrong things, do mistaken things, do kind of, like, things that are, aren't 
in the, in the child's interest? Or if you were a, a, an omnipotent parent, would you prefer, do you think it'd be the, the, the more moral thing to do to just like have the child, you know, not have a choice but to do what's right you and know, what's pleasant? You know, somebody, um, I watched this one YouTuber and somebody he actually said this. He said, if I had the power to give my daughter anything, he would never. She would never experience any sort of suffering whatsoever. Exactly. Exactly. And and who among us wouldn't do that? Absolutely. That's what I would do. I if I could if I could say program a child so that they would always do the right thing that was option A, which is best for them and everyone around them. That's how I would do it. Or just not create hell in the first place. That's yeah. Yeah, definitely. Don't wanna, little... <laughs> yeah, don't want to throw people into exactly. a place. <laughs> yep. And Mitch, so like, yeah, so basically, this concept of hell, it actually is like, you know, without the free will belief, the whole, you know, notion of hell would just go out the window because it'd be completely immoral. Okay, we've got about forty seconds left, Mitch. You want to like um, wrap things up for us? Uh, do yeah. it quick. Forty seconds. So, um, it's okay. You can... thirty seconds. You can't accept the reality of determinism and still be a moral per moral person. There are practical, utilitarian reasons uh, for morality. I think, uh, anyone else have any uh, last words? You want me to count down? No, that, that's perfect. We do not need free will for morality. That encapsulates everything, absolutely. All right, I guess that's a good place to end it.